The following audio is from Axe Church in Leander, Texas. More information about Axe is available at axechurchleander.com. That's going to be up on the screen up here. This is Psalm 37. Fret not yourself because of evildoers. Be not envious of wrongdoers. For they will soon fade like grass and wither like the green herb. Trust in the Lord. Do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will act. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Be still, therefore, before the Lord, and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. Refrain from anger. Forsake wrath. Fret not yourself, it tends only to evil. For the evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait for the Lord shall inherit the earth. In just a little while, the wicked will be no more. Though you look carefully at his place, he will not be there. But the meek shall inherit the land and then delight themselves in abundant peace. Thank you. Uh, you may be wondering, like, wait, 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 you just hired a pastor. Why are you up there again, right? And, uh, well, part of it is because we were talking as elders before we even um, uh, called Josh, and we said, we really want to really support this pastor and, and not overwhelm, well, overwhelm them or overwork them, and so we want to give them one, one week off a month to just focus on the community, focus on the community larger here at, at Acts. And, uh, and so you'll see in the next couple months, guest speakers once a month, just because uh, it, it went really well during the vacancy, and so we really wanted to continue that process of people stepping up and, and being the church. And so, um, so yeah, enjoy that week, because writing a sermon is a lot of work. It's hard work, man. So, but, um, but we're going to jump in, and uh, if you want to hear Josh, and this is your first time, guess what? You're just going to have to wait, which is a perfect segue to our theme of this uh, series, waiting, right? Waiting. Uh, we're in this series of Advent, this season of Advent, and as you can see, our decorations made by my amazing wife, uh, just a lot of different things on waiting, right? And we wait in this season for Jesus to come, not only for the first time in celebrating that, but also for the second time as he comes back again. And so I want to start off with um, a marshmallow here. Uh, Stanford researchers did a study a couple decades ago, and what they did is they put kids in a room and they said to the kid, they put a marshmallow in front of him and said, all right, we'll come back in 15 minutes. And if that marshmallow is still there and you haven't eaten it yet and you've waited, we'll give you a second marshmallow. All right? Now, you could probably guess what happened is about two-thirds of the kids couldn't wait at all, right? They were like licking it or sniffing it or taking little nibbles of it, right? And most of them ended up not being able to wait the 15 minutes. And so they didn't receive the other marshmallow. But the third of the kids that did, actually they did studies, a longitudinal study that said uh, these kids actually did better um, on SAT scores and just did better in life because they were better at denying themselves and, and waiting. And so this season, as we look at what it looks like to wait, has, has blessing on our soul, right? When we can wait for the Lord we will be blessed in many ways. And so that's what we look at. And today's message today is on waiting for peace. Waiting for peace. And I'm sure if you're like me, we all need peace in our life, more peace. And so um, 
There's going to be three kind of main sections we'll look at. We'll look at peace in the world, peace within our relationships, and then peace just within ourselves and finding peace in ourselves. And so we'll start with that first one, waiting for peace in the world. Um, I don't know about you, but we need some peace, right? There's all kinds of crazy things. If you just look at the the news in the last couple weeks with, um, you know, North Korea and missiles and the possibility of strikes there or shootings within our country or even within our own states or um, even the latest uh, allegations of sexual misconduct from famous celebrities. And and there's just a lot of a lot of unpeace. Is that even a word? Unpeace. It is now. Um, (laughs) A lot of uh, just what is going on, God? Where are you in all this? And so um, as the, the beauty pageant contestant always says, you know, we want world peace in our life. And so let's look at our scripture today and, and see what it says for us when talking about world peace. And so we'll look at verses 1 through 2. And it says this, Fret not yourselves because of evildoers. Be not envious of wrongdoers, for they will soon fade like the grass and wither from the green herb. Trust in the Lord, do good, dwell in the land, befriend, befriend faithfulness, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Um, I love that, that first verse there, right? Don't worry, do not be envious, but actually the second one is what I really love. For they will soon fade like the grass, wither like the green herb, right? So God naturally uh, allows evil. He doesn't control that part of our life, but he allows it because he, anybody who truly loves will allow you to do and have free will, right? And so sometimes that means that there'll be evil and bad in our world. But here's the good news. Because God is sovereign over all, because he's in control, he doesn't let it last forever, right? There'll be regimes of, of uh, terror or regimes of, of persecution or, or whatever, but it doesn't last forever. And that's the good news is that when we think about world peace, it'll never be perfect this side of heaven, but we can trust that God is in control, right? And we'll talk more about the now, not yet um, in just a little bit, but... Uh, uh, but I think the point that he makes in verse 4, though, the writers of the psalm here, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Right? That's so true. Uh, hard to do, but it's true, right? If we delight ourselves in the Lord, it means we give up our, our control, and we go to God's control, to God's will. And in doing so, he gives us the desires of our heart, So, which is a beautiful, beautiful statement. Um, let's go to the second one. Peace in our relationships, all right? This sometimes happens. I'm going to read verses 5 through 7. Uh, Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will act. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Be still before the Lord. Wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. I want to focus on that last line there, the one who carries out evil devices. This may seem harsh, but maybe there's those people in your life that, that bring to your life evil devices. Maybe they know the right buttons to push, right? Maybe this happened during Thanksgiving meal. You had maybe some family members that brought up past hurts or, or brought up past stories or treated you the way that you, they used to be and you're not the same person anymore. Or, or maybe for you, it's, it's a spouse and you just don't feel... Uh, the same peace any longer in that relationship, or, or maybe it's one of your children who's gone far from the Lord and you just don't have a good enough relationship as you once did, or, or maybe a coworker or, or a best friend who used to be your best friend and, and now there's some distance between you and you, you just long for that peace of that relationship again, right? And that happens in life. 
And sometimes it's in our control, sometimes it's out of our control. But what Scripture says in Matthew 5 is that blessed are the peacemakers. They were called to be peacemakers as Christians. And, and sometimes that's really hard because sometimes we don't want to, right? Sometimes we like our pride and we like, you know, being right rather than being the first to go to say, I'm sorry. Or the first to go to say, um, you know, make things right in certain ways. And, and that can be really hard, but, but as much as possible as we can, God calls us to, to make peace with one another, right? Um, and that's tough. But in the season of Advent, it's also a season of, of slowing down, of taking time, and of repentance, right? And it, it leads us back to Jesus. And, and in doing so, we may test our heart and say, yeah, maybe I'm the problem here in that relationship, and, and maybe I can make things better. I love uh, Pastor Josh's story a couple weeks ago where he talked about his family and some of the dysfunction in it and, and how people were just, one person would say one main thing and another person would give back, and it was just this endless cycle of, of just unhealthiness and, and how for him, when Jesus broke into his life, that he said, I'm not going to continue that cycle. I'm going to choose to forgive or choose not to respond reactively. And, and that's really uh, what does it, right? Turn the other cheek is what Jesus calls us to. Um, very hard, but it brings about peace. It brings about peace. Um, let's talk about the last one for a sec. Uh, peace within ourselves. That may be hard to be pe have peace with others and to, to initiate that. And maybe that means that we need more peace within ourselves first, right? Um, but think about this. Let's, let's read those verses. Uh, Refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not yourself. It tends only to evil. For evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait for the Lord shall inherit the land. In just a little while, the wicked will be no more. Though you look carefully at his place, he will not be there. But the meek shall inherit the land and delight themselves in abundant peace. Let's focus on those first couple verses. Refrain from anger, right? I think at times we all get angry, right? But if you think about it, I learned in a psychology class one time that anger is actually a secondary emotion, right? You don't get angry for no reason, but we always get angry because something else inside of that anger, right? So here's an example. Um, uh, maybe you've got some sense of inadequacy in your life, right? You feel uh, like you're comparing your life to someone else's, and, and um, you get angry because you don't have what they have, right? Or, or maybe you, you worry about not having enough, and so you get angry at the people that do have enough or have an abundant amount of enough and waste it, and so you just get angrier. Or maybe you get angry at some injustice in the world, right? Because it's just not right, because people aren't being treated as fully human, and so you get angry at that, right? Or um, maybe you don't get respected as you think you ought, and so you get angry at that lack of respect in your life. And we sometimes lash out in anger with words or actions. And, and, um, and that next part really convicts me. Uh, fret not yourself because it tends only to anger, right? Because when we get angry, we start to worry. And when we start to worry, it leads to evil. I was a little confused at that at first when I thought about that. The more I thought about it, the more I looked at it and studied it, the more I thought, wow, I'm a worrier. Does that mean I'm evil? Yeah, it does. I'm a sinner, right? Um, but why does that lead to evil? Well, here's, here's the reason. Um, anybody else a worrier like me? Just me? Yeah, okay. All right, good. Uh, <laughs> part of it is because when we're, we're worrying, who are we thinking about primarily? 
ourself, right? Ourselves. And when we think about ourselves, we become selfish and we, we hoard what we want so that we, fear, uh, so we feel comfort. And oftentimes we, we skew our view of other people and of the world and what's out there. So Jesus multiple times says, do not worry, right? Do not worry. Um, but some of those takes deep soul work. It's hard. Um, but as the text says in the last verse there, but the meek shall inherit the land and delight themselves in abundant peace. I want abundant peace. I want that peace that's overflowing. But what does it take? It says the meek shall inherit the land, the meek. Huh. I heard that, that verse another time, also in Matthew 5 in the Beatitudes, where it said this. It said, um, blessed are the meek, for they should inherit the earth. Where that gets taken, or it gets taken from that. Jesus quotes that, but... Huh, blessed are the meek. Well, meek really is a term for um, weakness, right? So blessed are the weak. So what he's saying here is that when we are weak, Jesus is strong, right? And he's strong because of what he's, he's overcome the world because he's, he's sacrificed for us. And, and that freedom, he frees us in that power, his power of our sin, of our selfishness, of all, and gives us freedom of that, freedom which is beautiful, and in that, we get abundant, abundant peace. That's, that's awesome. Um, let's talk about peace a little bit more. The Hebrew language had a word for it, and it was the word shalom. Ever heard that word, shalom? Uh, but it actually isn't a good, our word peace isn't a good word to, to talk about shalom because it, it means so much more, that word shalom, than what we give it credit for, for peace. Um, here's some examples. Their word for shalom, peace, meant wholeness, meant completeness, prosperity, goodness, fully humanness. And so here's shalom didn't just mean that no one was fighting, but it meant that everyone was loving one another. Shalom didn't just mean uh, that we're not broken, but it meant that everything in the world was meant to work the way it was originally intended, right? Shalom means that uh, you're just not striving for having no one in need, but shalom means that everyone has more than they need. And so that's what this picture of shalom, it's, it's the world as it was originally intended and originally created. And hopefully we get there one day, but, but in bringing the shalom, in bringing that kingdom here on earth, Jesus incites a powerful uh, kingdom, right? And so uh, that comes, the shalom is only possible through Jesus' death and resurrection. And that's why he comes. It's a season we celebrate where Jesus comes meekly to bring power and to bring life and to bring forgiveness and shalom. Um, so we study that, we, we celebrate that first coming, but we also celebrate the second coming of Jesus, and that means we still wait, right? How many of you guys love waiting? Yeah, right? Yeah, nobody. Uh, I don't know about you, but if I was, if I had a marshmallow in front of me and I was put to a test and they gave me a time limit of 15 minutes, I think I could do that. I mean, I'm not that good at waiting, but I'm pretty good at that. It really depends on what is in front of me, right? But also, I think it depends on who I'm waiting for, right? In this study, I wonder if the results would have been different, if the variable was different, if the person putting the marshmallow in front of that kid was not a researcher, but it was a parent or a loved one or someone they trusted because you're willing to wait a lot longer when you have a sense of relationship with that person, right? I'll give you an example. Um, how many of you guys have ever waited for the cable guy or the air conditioner guy or whatever, right? 
Yeah, you get really frustrated when you have to wait a long time. And they usually give you like a four-hour window. Not cool, right? And they'll show up like the last five minutes of that four-hour window and you gave up a whole day's work worth or whatever. Um, but think about it this way. You're willing to wait for your friend, right? So say you're going out to lunch or coffee with a friend and, and they may be a little late, but they'll call because there's a relationship there and they care and there's, there's trust and you know this relationship matters and you have something valuable to talk to with them. And, and, and so you're willing to wait because it's about their character, not about what they're offering. And that's what this Advent season is about, right? We can wait because we know the character of Jesus, because we know he's good, because we know that we can trust him because of who he is. But here's the thing, is we're not good at waiting as a society, right? Think about Christmas. When was the first time this season that you heard Christmas music? Like two, three weeks ago, right? What about Christmas ads? Even before Thanksgiving, you started to see these Black Friday things or, or all that, right? We're not good at waiting. Think about Christmas movies. Who loves those Hallmark movies, right? This guy, right? Uh, but yeah, we, we love Christmas because it brings hope, it brings peace, it brings joy, and we want as much as that is possible. But guess what happens is when we, when we start that process too early and we start to celebrate, we say, no, Jesus, you've already come. When Christmas Day actually hits and we celebrate that, sometimes we have Christmas fatigue, right? We get tired and the next day the tree's gone, the lights are gone, and we don't really fully celebrate Jesus in our life the rest of the whole year, right, as we, as we should. And that's, um, that's the thing. And so, um, but here's the thing. When Jesus comes into our world, this is what we celebrate, that he surprises, that he breaks all the rules, Right? And so the Jewish people, back in the day, had two kind of ways of thinking about time, right? There was the age now and the age to come. All right, the age now is where we lived, but the age to come was after the Messiah would come. And they waited and waited and waited for this Messiah. And here's what they thought. Once that Messiah comes, it's kind of the hinge that, that it focuses on. Once the Messiah came, everything would be great. Now, Jesus is that hinge point. He is that Messiah. And everything is much better than it was. We have hope. But here's the thing. Jesus took the now and the not yet, and he brought them together, right? I'll give you some examples, right? Um, so in the Jewish system of sacrifice, you had to sacrifice for your sin. You know, you were guilty, so you had to bring your, your little baby llama or lamb or whatever and sacrifice it on the altar, right? Thankfully, we don't have to do that anymore. I'm glad I don't have to bring my pets to, to church. That would not be good. But, but with Jesus, there's no more sacrifice, right? He is the final sacrifice, um, and that is great. Jews, where'd they worship? They went, had to go to the temple up on the, the mountain. But when Jesus came, that curtain was torn in two. No longer do we have that because now Jesus lives within us. His spirit resides in us, and that is where true worship happens, right? Uh, another one, Jews. The people, to be part of this clan, to be people of God, you had to be part of the, the Jewish-Israelite people. But after Jesus, now there's no longer Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, rich or poor. Everybody is part of that. But here, that sounds all good, but here's what, you're, here's what we're thinking is that, yeah, we live in that now, not yet, because that's not fully realized yet. We fully don't realize we live in a society where everyone is accepted for who they are as God's children, right? 
We don't fully live in a society yet where we're without sin. Yeah, we live in this tension of saint and sinner at the same time. And so we live in this now, not yet tension of life. But here's the thing. Jesus is our peace. And we can be okay with the tension because as the writer Isaiah said, that Jesus is the prince of peace. Or as the angel Gabriel said, peace on earth and goodwill toward men because Jesus brings that. Or as the Apostle Paul writes, that Jesus himself is our peace. So if Jesus has brought the future even more into the present, then how has that affected our waiting right now? I'll tell you what. As I thought about that, I thought, I think it's made it harder. I think it's made our waiting harder. You know why? Because we've gotten a nibble of the future, right? We've gotten a nibble of that not yet kingdom, right? We've gotten a taste of what it's like to live as God's community and people of God. We've got a nibble of what it's like to be offered forgiveness and to live in that, that freedom. But we still go back and forth in that. And so I think that makes it harder because we, we want to experience that in its fullness, but we're not quite there yet. And so it makes us hungry for more Jesus, right? It makes us hungry for more. And hopefully then, in doing so, it makes us hungry to tell more and more people about Jesus and to share those marshmallows with the people around us, right? And that's really what Sunday is about, to, to come, to gather, to be refueled so that we gain more marshmallows in our waiting and we can give those away. Because ultimately, hopefully, one day in heaven, it won't just be one marshmallow for waiting. It'll be an entire plateful of marshmallows for waiting. Although if you're diabetic, I don't know if that really works. The analogy breaks down, but, but you get my point, right? Um, but yeah, uh, we get that nibble. And that's why Advent, that's why the season we're in is so important. Because we have to be okay living in the now but not yet time. But we can trust him. And here's our hope. Our hope comes from Jesus' title that he was given in Luke chapter 2. Right? They asked, what should we call him? And they said, he shall be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. God with us. And here's where we ultimately get our peace, is that we'll live in this world that's kind of crazy and we don't feel like there's ever going to be world peace or we have relationships continually where we, we just aren't ever at peace with everybody around us or even within our soul. We'll always have this raging war within us where we never fully have peace. But we can take comfort because Jesus is our peace and he is with us, God with us. And that is what this season truly is about, that because he is God with us, he has come on this earth, he has lived the perfect life that you and I couldn't, that he died, that he rose again, but that he now resides within us. We can have peace through any circumstance, right? Through any hardship, we know we can have peace because we know the character of the one who brings us peace. So, may you experience the peace that surpasses all understanding, and may it guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Acts Church in Leander, Texas. Feel free to share this message with others, and stay connected with us at actschurchleander.com.